You are listening to Let's Be Honest with your host, Just Jonda. Welcome back to Let's Be Honest with Just Jonda. I'm your host, Just Jonda, and tonight we have one of our fun shows where we are going to talk about all things Bravo, particularly one of our favorite shows, The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And of course, we're going to give you some Bravo gossip because there has been quite a bit in the last week or so, just things breaking all over the place. Now, I'm, of course, going to have my podcast bestie come in, Miss Missy. So she's going to be here in time to talk about The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. She'll probably tune in just in time as we go through some of the Bravo gossip. So I'm going to start, as we always do, with the gossip, but I promise that we're not going to let it go so far that we don't talk about the show like we did last time. You got two episodes out of us. I mean, that's that's good, right? Hello, Georgia Sunshine. I see you are in the room. Feel free if you have any questions to type them in the chat. I'll be happy to have you, uh, happy to answer anything that um, may be on your mind, particularly as it relates to the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Looks like we've got Missy in the room. Hi, Missy. Hi, sorry about that. I had some technical difficulties. Can you hear me okay? Oh, I can hear you perfectly. Okay, great. <laughs> you got your applause and everything. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> okay. So just in time, I was actually just welcoming people into the room. For those of you who have been with us before, you know that sometimes we record live and tonight is one of those times. So of course, if people pop up in the chat room, I can see them. But in the meantime, before we get started with Salt Lake City, because even though we've got three episodes to go through, um, there's it's like maybe three quasi four main things that have pretty much been kind of the thread that has gone through each episode. So even though we have three of them, it still won't take us hours upon hours to go through them because it's kind of the same thread like with each character. And with Whitney, I mean, she's sort of on the periphery. But anyway, we'll get to that in a bit. So first, let's catch up on a little bit of Housewives gossip. Now, we know that last Tuesday, as a matter of fact, so I think it's been about a good week, and everybody has just been salivating because the new Bravo book has come out. I'm not going to say the title. They're not paying me for promotion. But (laughs) there's been a new book about the housewives that have come out. I've listened to several interviews. Apparently, the person who wrote it formerly on production or connected with the show, he interviewed 185 people, so over 100 housewives. Crazy that it's been that many, but I guess when you're in 
the number of shows, even if you just go with the ones that have pretty much been the staples, they have within themselves has had quite a few people on the show. Um, I mean, even Potomac, uh, which is still, I guess, I mean, it's not new, new compared to Salt Lake City, but still fairly new in the Bravo universe compared to the OGs at, at season six. Even they have had, um, I would say altogether, there's a, there's probably been at least a dozen women. Um, I think so. I think so. I mean, because they're currently at six, six or seven right now. If you count the friends, uh, I think right now there's six mains, right? Uh, the um, you got the Gis uh, Giselle Robin and Ashley, then you've got uh, Karen Candace, Wendy, um, and and Mia. So actually, that's seven. And then Escala, which is eight. And that's just on this season. We have Katie, who's no longer there. Sharice, Monique. <laughs> I, I love me some Katie. Katie is one of those characters. I do. I'm sorry. Katie How did is one you know of, who I was laughing at? Like, of yeah, course. Because, I mean, there. of course. Katie is one of those characters who's kind of like... Um, uh she's she's like a Kim Richards where you know that this is not good for her because of just their own demons but they make such good television that like you the the it's kind of like having the good angel on your shoulder and the bad angel on your shoulder and the bad one is like I want Katie and Kim Richards you know <laughs> and the good one's like no this is not good for them but the bad one's like they make such good freaking TV <laughs> they really do they really do yeah I mean really because do. Katie even when she was like when we didn't know the extent of her instability, because I really think that she was sort of on a on on the downslope uh, as the season went on. I mean, when the season started, I didn't really see much of a difference between her and any of the other women. I mean, especially. Are you talking about that first season? Yeah, I mean, they were all delusional. I didn't. I didn't see any oh, any okay, difference okay. between her and the rest of them. I mean, when you think about it, that they came on talking all this smack about you know and etiquette, and we are the ones, and they were gonna show us, you know, I don't know how light skinned people do it different. I don't know, but you know, they there was this whole air that they came on with uh despite you know us being like y'all ain't even got no damn money but okay but you um, know her stuff was raggedy don't you remember her man the first season well, no, and how he I, didn't really want her well no I, her, her stuff was raggedy in terms of her personal life but i'm saying like as far as her as a person like the decline that that we <laughs> saw uh, happened particularly when she even when she came back as a friend. Now, mind you, total scene stealer. By the way, whatever you have going on in the background, I can hear it, so we don't want to get flagged for just in case somebody says, "Oh, we heard our whole show." Um, oh no, I don't have anything on, but it might be my dishwasher, so I'll mute. Oh, okay, all right. I thought I don't know why I thought it was like a television or something, but um, it may even be like an echo. But at any rate. Katie, um, 
it, Katie made good TV. Uh, and like I said, that first season, season, no more delusional than anybody else on that show. Uh, and by the time she came back as the scene stealer, in my, in my opinion, on, I think it was season four, uh, she, I mean, she, she had hit Kim Richardsville at that point. The only difference. She had hit rock bottom. Yeah. I mean, she, she was in Kim Richardstown, but again, the shade, because when people hit that point, they don't give a shit, which is what makes it great to watch because they are just ripping into everybody. Remember, she didn't care. She came with her lopsided wig. She she had reeds. <laughs> it was, it was, care. I just wanted to know, like, the sad part is with her that I thought was so tragic is that the average person would be like, what is she on? But I think she wasn't on anything. No, she just wasn't right. well. Right. right. And, and you can see it even in present day. Like she's she's not well. Um, and, and there's obviously been a lot of ish because even like Katie's claim to fame, even before, like we didn't really know who she was by name. We just knew the story. And then once she came on the show, and especially once we saw like the whole where she was portrayed with like the male desperation thing, once she was on there, we saw um, it, it kind of got put together with the story where she was one of those pretty girls who was in, you know, like girls who look like her, let's just call it what it is, get into certain circles with celebrity men. And so there's the infamous story about her hiding in the closet when Russell Simmons was cheating on her or had moved on from her or whatever. So there's there's always been there's there's always been some stuff. And of course, as we know with all of that stuff, it doesn't matter what the man does, however the woman reacts even, you know, despite what they may add to it, you know, she's going to have the crazy, you know, she's going to have the uh, moniker of crazy forever. And then unfortunately you add to the fact that she does seem to have genuine problems and that just sort of, you know, sealed the deal. Yeah. It was kind of sad. I, I hope they yeah. don't bust her I still back. Love her. I hope they no, don't bust don't her back on to. this whatever new season or whatever they're going to do moving forward. Yeah, no, I, I don't think they are. I don't, I don't even think that's an issue, but I do hope that since the author made it a point to go and talk to literally everybody that he could on it, well, it, at least uh, if, as many people as he could from every franchise that Katie was one of the ones that he spoke to because as much tea as these women spilled, and a lot of it quite shady, I was actually surprised with even some of the stuff that uh, people who are currently on the shows have said. So for those who are no longer on the show, I definitely want to um, would love to know the types of things they said, because I know that he did interview the Miami girls Um uh, I did. I do believe he did say interview Kim Richards. Uh, so this um, 
the DC girls, but uh, the Dallas women. In fact, the only ones he did not interview was Salt Lake City because this book has been several years in the making. I mean, he obviously went back and, you know, sort of like they do pickup shots. He obviously went back and uh, got and did some follow-up interviews with Monique and Candace because he does have stuff about, um, about the fight. But then again, even that happened in the fall of 2009. So he may have stuff about the fight in the aftermath in real time when it happened, as opposed to like, you know, the, the mess and the new fallout once it actually aired on the show. But I actually listened to uh, a most recent interview with him this afternoon. And he said with 185 people and literally over 500 hours worth of interviewing that uh, it, it was fine with him to miss out on one franchise. <laughs> and the women are so new. I don't think that there's anything that anybody would really care about. They haven't had as much history with the network. The stuff that they may have going on and on with each other is not that deep and fairly current. And anything outside of that, they're still at the stage where they're still so new that they're lying about their lives. So I, I'm with him that it, you know, even if they were made available to him, they wouldn't have been worth interviewing at this stage. Whereas the other wives are like getting into production tea, like of um like Atlanta, of course, really delves into as well they should, the stuff um that went down with Phaedra, Portia, and Candy, which truly changed that show forever. Not just the 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 trajectory of the characters but it really that was so just next level um attempt uh, you know attempt at such a next level attempt at the destruction of someone's life that it it really changed the show in a way that they could never pivot from i have a question for you uh -huh. did he did he address the um, what Carol Radiswell said about him. Um, she was quoted in, in, as saying in the book, like apparently he says that she is not the who, person who, I the, used to know. The production or the, um, who, who are you talking about? The So Andy Cohen, right? Okay, okay. He says, he made this quote saying, she's not the person I used to know, Right. And she, apparently she says in the book, right, addressing Andy Cohen, she says, just another man telling a woman she ought to be more grateful. Housewives changed Andy's life, not mine. Bravo built a $100 million franchise on the backside. You're, you're, you just went out. Um, but I will, I, I will address that. I did not, um, the interview I was listening to today, uh, I, I must be honest to say, I wasn't able to finish it because I had something else to do. Um, so I'm not really sure about that. I would imagine, okay. though, because I did hear that quote and you and I already talked about the fact that we're going to, um, 
you know, read the book and see like how we can sort of incorporate it into our gossip and make it more interesting than everybody just talking about it chapter and verse. Cause I don't think everything is interesting, but there's, there's little tidbits um, like what you just said, because I know for me, it's not even, uh, yes, the juice, there's juicy stuff and that's interesting, but those bigger things like what you just said and what Carol said are, are things that, are really far more interesting. Now, I don't think that Andy, if I, I can't imagine Andy addressing something like that, because honestly, what is it he's going to say? I mean, it, what is it that he could say? We already know, no matter what he, how he dances around it, because if not with the white women, we certainly see with the black housewives that he, 1000% has this attitude that he changed their lives and what have you. And in, in some of their cases, there's no question that this show, um, and I guess, you know, with people like Nene Leakes, you could get into a chicken or the egg argument, but there's no, no doubt um, or no question that this show was life-changing for them or for some of them. I think the right. issue that I have and that you have, because you and I have talked about it before, is how he lords that attitude over them. And most, and not even so much how he does it, but who he does it to. Because I do think that with some of the Black housewives in particular, it is not only true, but it's probably a little bit more obvious because at least at the beginning of some of these women coming into play, and certainly Atlanta, which you and I have talked about, and, and that's kind of why Atlanta sort of went the direction it did because they couldn't compete dollar for dollar, cent for cent, so they had to go for entertainment value. Right, so, right. Um, so, and so we, we know that that was life-changing. It made a difference, the whole nine yards. If there's no greater example of that, it would be Nene Leakes. Um, whether she likes it or not, whether her fans like it or not, while she may have brought the idea of doing this show with a group of Black women in Atlanta to him or to the network through her people. However that however that happened, we do know and it's and I think it's fairly undisputed um that this was something that she felt like could be that it could sell and it could work with a group of black women and she was the person who made that happen and of course um for obvious reasons it was built around her bringing in some of her friends in that first season, specifically Sheree and Kim, and then the other ones like uh, Dion Snow and uh, the little itty bitty one. Um, uh, what's her name? Lisa. Oh yeah, the light skin. Yeah, the, the one married who was married to Keith Sweat. 
Yeah. Yes. And and that they were cast into the show. And and that's fine because that happens with any reality show. But the nucleus of the show was were and and, and as it should have been, the ones who were actually her friends. And then everybody else was brought in. And and that's fine. But can we deny that it was life changing for her? No. We we certainly can't. And so but I think the bigger issue is um and I agree with Carol 100%. I mean, that, that goes without saying. Not only did he not do anything for her, <laughs> certainly in terms of her life, but she was richer than everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And had, a, and had a very established career yes. in a spotlight. In a spotlight already. And, like and, her and Candy, right? Yeah. Like they, and, and I mean... Say what you want about some of these other women, Monique Samuels being one of them. No, she may not have had some big career and what have you. And yes, she did want to be involved in the entertainment industry. She never made any secret of that because as she said, she initially, when she was young, started out wanting to be a rapper. But the reality of it is, is whether she you know, went out and started a tech company or if she did as many women have done before her, some men, but uh, largely women and married well, which I don't have an issue with that either. She didn't need the money. She was on the show because she was interested in being in, in the inter- in, bleh, in the entertainment industry. And there's there's nothing wrong with that. But so did you provide an opportunity for her to uh you know be seen in that light? Sure. But are you changing my life in terms of you know you're putting food on my table? No, just like the LA women. They went on there because they are entertainment adjacent and it brings attention. Lisa Vanderpump needed the money. No. But would you ever come at Lisa the way you came at Monique? No. And that therein lies the problem. Well, and also because when you talk about, and, and we've talked about this offline, about the kind of um, resources that certain money can afford, which means... Mm-hmm. Big time entertainment lawyers, yeah. right? Not JoJo in them or, you know, somebody mm-hmm. who was representing a basketball wife, but like real deal, Holyfield, these yeah. people, even if they don't have a case, will run you into the ground, lawyers. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and- a, that's a big difference. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so that's obviously huge. A lot of juice coming out. Like I said, there's a lot of things that were said, especially from people like uh, Candace uh, Candace Dillard Bassett, that I was like, it, it was just surprising to me some of the things that women who are still a part of the Bravo universe um uh, said and I mean you know and and hey I just I'm leery of stuff like that especially because I just feel like everything was far too incestuous because at the end of the day um this is still something that Andy Cohen is making money off of 
anyway. And maybe that's it. Like if you are, um, if you're Darth Vader and you're, and I'm not saying this about him, but I'm just saying if you're Darth Vader and you run the evil empire, if it's, if it's going to make you money for people to talk about you good or bad, then you don't care. Especially if the end goal is money, not whether or not these people like you, especially if you don't have any respect for them one way or the other. I read Andy Cohen's biography that he published like a long time ago before people, before he was really like the big mm-hmm. name that he is. And I just Which think he became that, off the back of the housewives. Yeah. I just think that he is, he loves the drama and he's a messy person. So oh, I actually think he relishes people not liking him. Like, I think he relishes a fight. Well, Andy is, um, and I'm just going to, because, you know, we keep it real on this show. If we were with our LGBTQ friends in the club, let's call a spade a spade. If we were sitting with the girls talking about Andy Cohen, Andy would be called, Andy would be called by everybody a messy queen. In fact, I've heard members of LGBTQ call him that. Uh, you know, that's, that is the area that he falls into, you know, you got your bulls, your bears, you, you know, <laughs> you, like, you know, your fans, your this, your that, right. And, and, right, and, right. and that's just what it is. And it's, that's not, you know, being anti whatever that is Andy Cohen. Right, you know, right. Hell, we sit here gossiping, call us messy queens too. It is what it is. I do okay. love the drama. I do love the drama. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, so that's the book. We're going to talk more about that. We gave it even more than it deserved. Um, the next big news is Portia Peach Juice Williams. That she They released the trailer to her show. And there's so many layers to this that we will probably have to have a whole other episode to discuss this because I literally was just on a show and it actually like on the show on YouTube talkings, one of my favorite, another one of my favorite shows, Tisa tells T I S A T E L L S, which I will be appearing on this week, by the way, to, um, do in-depth legal discussion about the Jen Shaw case and gossip and fun. But anyway, there's so many layers to the Portia Williams thing. That show ended up being like two and a half hours long. In fact, I had to go and they were still on because it, did you now, I guess the most important thing to ask you is, did you see the trailer? Which I, I am not committing to watching this show because I don't even watch Roja anymore. I just keep up with the gossip. Um, I saw it. Well, I'm going <laughs> to say this and then I think, and I think that this is a good synopsis and then we'll just move on to the next thing. You are coming off the heels of a season where you were supposed to be showing your evolution and becoming an advocate that nobody ever knew they wanted and are good without for Black Lives Matter. But you're Black, you matter, so you decided to do it. Um, It did not ultimately become the most important thing because 
at a bachelorette party, you uh, <laughs> straddled your castmates and told them what they were going to do to your hoo-ha, and then allegedly, okay, come on, slept with a stripper, and then all everybody in the world defended, you know, that 39-year-old behavior. Then we were still supposed to be buying into... I don't know, somebody trying to call you or me. Then we were supposed to still be buying into this evolution right down to you writing a book. And suddenly you're engaged to a former quasi uh, cast member's husband. You after you claim, it, after you, you, claim it, you were homeless. Yes, you were homeless with- sleeping on a uh, the queen size bed in your mother's McMansion. Yeah. Um, you know, now granted, you were less a home. <laughs> but, <laughs> if girl, you like... yours, but you were not homeless. On I, I mean, it's like are there any homeless people to come out and protest this? But anyway. I I, I know that was just so like that bothered me. That just irks my know, soul. When it comes to Portia, I don't even bother saying that she's tone deaf because when you when you once you hit a certain level of ridiculousness, does tone deaf even apply? You know what I mean? Like tone deaf when I when I use the term tone deaf, I it's usually with someone who I I expect better from, and so it pisses me off that they behave in a manner that is tone deaf tone deaf for the equation. But when you expect so little of someone, does that <laughs> even apply? I mean, she she thought the underground railroad was literally a train. But yet we're supposed to recognize that she is evolved. And even the Simon Gubadia thing, we're not even going to go down that road because that'll be another 30 minutes, is supposed to be an evolution. But then we get her show that was supposed to be about her life and her and Simon, I, I don't know, it was supposed to be us. we know what it was, right? It was supposed to go hand in hand with her book, The Pursuit of Portia, and she's doing this, she's doing that. And possibly even, which would have been super smart in my opinion, if you really wanted to secure this turning into a regular thing, you should be leading up to and possibly even giving a wedding because... We are no longer living in the Kim Zolciak days where Bravo had money. It was raining money, particularly from their jewels in the crown, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of New York, even Jersey was popping for a minute, you know, in those early years where, you know, uh, where they could just give people spinoffs and shows and no matter how few viewers they had, or how bad they were, a la Kim Zolciak, sign a multi-season deal and they come back. Now, I would suppose Portia probably felt somewhat secure, which is why she left Roja. I would have, I would bet, especially since this went from being a three-episode special to a six-episode special to now, they're saying uh, in season one, 
I would suspect that maybe they did a two season deal with the um, in um, in anticipation that season two would be even if it's just a little short thing like you know six episode type deal would be when we get the wedding. Um, Girl, do you really think I was no. gonna say? I was gonna say like, do I mean no. not based on what we saw? Now I I preface all of that to say because you know we need to get ready to wrap this up so we can get into the show. I I I I say all of that to say that what we got. In a show where there's no question that even if it's a vanity credit, she got an executive producer credit because she's been with Bravo long enough to earn that. No, you know, God bless her. That what we have were you allowing yourself and your family to show not who you want to be, but who you've always been. There is... It's something that we shouldn't want to see. Now you build this as your your baby daddy and your new husband to be getting along. What do we see in the previews? Now they make it along. They still follow each other on Instagram. However, what you're pushing for the show in the clip is that there's issues. Now, of course, we'll find out they're not there, but that's not a good look. Uh, family members sniping at one another. You know, lots of weaves, of course. And then what do we have that somehow always ends up with something involved with her? An eruption of violence. It doesn't matter who started it or who finished it. That's not a good look if that is the preview that you're putting out there for your show and... It's supposed to be a part of your rebranding for the pursuit of Portia because now you don't even have your brand working. The the two biggest elements of your brand, which is you as a person, because obviously between the book and the show, she's going to be on a the PR tour to end all PR tours. I mean, we're going to see so much of her. We, we're going to think that she's on a daily soap opera because she's just going to be everywhere. And I get it because right. you got to do what you got to do. And again, as I said before, Bravo is not just handing out checks and giving, you know, and just saying, oh, we'll let it ride. Because as we've seen, the the ratings for all of the Housewives shows are down. They've, you know, we, we've hit jump to shark territory. And uh, well, we did that long time ago with most of the shows. And um, as they have shown, they are willing to literally cut their OGs if they have to, to balance the budget. Can I ask you a question, though? What is Portia's brand? I mean, when I think her brand, I'm thinking eyelashes, weave, sloppy sex, desperation. That's, you know. Apparently, she's got bedding. I, okay. I don't know what that really has to do with anything, but I, I know she has it. Um, I think, I mean, her brand is being, it is being a, a Porsche. I, I don't, there is no, it is, it's, the problem is 
you don't have a what what your vision for the direction that you want it because let's face it there are people whose brand is just them i mean hello q the kardashians and they evolved it into a lifestyle that is still just them but we know what that lifestyle is Portia, on the other hand, has been trying to rebrand herself as um, where she started, essentially, which is, I am the child of my ancestors, the granddaughter of Hosea Williams. A which woman is so sad. The, a woman on the brink of 40. I am a mother. I am an advocate. I am a whatever. When instead, all we get is, yeah and and for all of the you know and and you know you and i are quick to say we're not stands of anyone i'm just going by what i see and i'm too old to really get as invested as these people get in these stand battles just gonna call it how i see it and even for those who feel like she makes the show on the real housewives of atlanta when really what what is it that was that she did that was interesting or fascinating because other than when she was in group scenes with the women or you know a conflict with the women because even in group scenes she she barely held her own because she did not really match them in wits and when she was in scenes on her own with her sister or her mother, they were a bit of a snooze fest. I and, mean, and the they only... also didn't reflect well on her because she kind of came off as a little jealous of her sister, especially when her sister was pregnant. And it certainly didn't look good for her mom because, uh, you know, her mom, the, the biggest scenes with her mother, her mother always came off bitter, especially this past season. I mean, the only thing that I could really remember, like, you know, each one of these women have a funny line that I always remember them for. Mm -hmm. And my favorite one that I can just hear in my head now is Portia saying to Kenya, bye, Ashy. Yeah. (laughs) Was my absolute favorite because she really was like her feet were ashy, which made it especially funny. But that's it. Like, that's it. Like, And even when she had the special with Dennis, it was kind of like, and let's face it. Now, again, you and I pride ourselves on saying things that maybe other people won't say, but the world is built around people liking to see pretty people pretty privilege but also even when they watch television in seeing pretty people and be careful Portia, going down this path be careful I'm going, going down to this path it. girl and, be careful and Portia is pretty mm-hmm. but when she is and but we also know that even when people are with their mates and it's a show about their love and whatever I hate to say it but it's a bias People like to see pretty people. Right. And when the mate looks kind of creepy, it doesn't really sit well. I mean, would you like to watch a whole show staring at um, 
Dennis, no. Darby and Michael? No. And it's Never. not even just because of how we feel about Michael in terms of the creepazoid factor with the the his antics. It's that he looks like Gollum. If anyone could use a tan, it's him. I feel like he needs to go to that beach house ASAP and get as much vitamin D as possible. Yeah, but back to... So nobody wants to look at Portia and Dennis. And, I mean, I'm sorry, and Simon. And honestly, when they when she did the baby special, not really wanting to look too hard at Portia and Dennis either. Portia, yes. Dennis, no. There's a reason why in movies the hero looks a certain way and the villain looks another way. And that sucks, but it's just a bias that people have. Now, I'm a person of a certain age, so I know that none of us start to look good when uh, when gravity takes hold or the gears take hold. But also, I just but think I'm that not this... selling the show. But I also think that this Dennis person is just thirstier than even Portia is. Well, Simon, this is a a come up for Simon because as we've seen, but I'm going to keep saying allegedly, but you know, he doesn't have what they claim he has. The trailer smacks of desperation and that's why I really don't have anything to say. Well, his Instagram smacks of desperation. (laughs) Their whole relationship smacks of desperation. Yeah. You know, so anyway, so that's the other thing. So there is Portia's uh, show. And then uh, just the springboard for that, Real Housewives of Atlanta has finally um, nailed down who is going to be on the show. No big surprises here because of who we had been hearing. The only thing that did not come up, and they and this was in variety, so not rumored, and is um uh Akon's wife or wives, which I was actually kind of looking forward to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so we didn't get the real wife, the fake wife, or anything in between. And according to Variety, they did not. Uh, there is no one listed as friends of the show. Now we know that once they go into production, that could change. The friends of the show thing, anyway, could change because if there is something that pops off and somebody just happens to be in the mix and they shine, of course, production's not going to leave that uh, leave that on the editing room floor just because someone they didn't anticipate kind of emerges. Um, especially given that the cast is not, uh, it's, it's not big, big, like it, it definitely had leaves room for a friend and, or two, and not everybody is so new that a friend wouldn't get lost in the mix. But at least for now, a word on the street is we don't get a sister wives situation, which I'm sad about because that actually would have made me watch. Um, you weren't surprised that they finally gave Marlo a chance to be a full um, on. I well, that that was the only. Okay, so I'll give you that. That was the only surprise. 
Um, Marlo has been operating in terms of her amount of screen time. She has been certainly in the past two years, but there's been some years where not as much as others, but definitely in the past two years, Marlo has been operating in a capacity where it was just ridiculous that she didn't have a peach. Do I think that she should in relation to what the show is supposed to be about and how little Marlo um, allows us to know about her life? Um, no. But <laughs> absolutely not because even with the other women who were not married, there was still at least some semblance of dating or, um, or, or or even if it was just manufactured for the show, there was right. still the understanding that there was supposed to be this relationship element in some way because it is a housewife show. Candy was unmarried, but she was engaged. He, you know, and, and he died obviously that's mm -hmm. way a totally different situation in terms of that not panning out. And we saw her then ultimately be with somebody. Phaedra married, became divorced. Cynthia was dating Peter when she came on already engaged. We saw the wedding, the divorce and her dating again. Um, Kenya came on unmarried. Uh, she had the Walter thing, whatever. And no matter <laughs> Uh, you know, this may be an unpopular opinion, but no matter what people say about the Walter thing and, and whether or not it was real, fake, whatever, and whoever she's dated since then, my point in mentioning that right now isn't even to deal with the real or the fake. It is just to point out the fact that if nothing else, to coin a phrase that everybody uses now, she understood the assignment that it, yeah. coming on a housewife show, there needed to be some semblance or a direction towards coupling. Yes, yeah. Or the idea that it was going to happen. And when and you need to be in a position that when we do couple things which married people would do, you would have somebody to do them with. And that as black women being chosen for these shows, even if it was Atlanta, you all were not going to get away with what Kim Zolciak was getting away with for her initial years on the show, <laughs> which is that whether there was a man or not, we were never going to see him. He was never going to be on a trip or anything else because he was somebody else's man. That was a mess. That was and, and maybe that's why she fit because she was a real housewives mistress. So, so yeah. I guess it kind of worked as well. Um, but anyway, so you have uh, Candy Kenya, which we knew, and that I mean, we knew they weren't going anywhere, and they said as much. Had Candy Kenya, Marlo, who we knew wasn't going anywhere, it was just she finally got the peach. And you know what? It is what it is. If nothing else with Marlo getting the peach, at least she gets the money because that's really what the issue was. Right, right. Marlo was putting in the work. And for that much, I'll give it to her. Same with Kenya. Knew the assignment other than, other than bringing a man into the mix. But she was putting in the work without the money because even though she was getting friend of money, Marlo has proven herself worthy of 
being a cast member for what they do on Atlanta specifically, Marlo in that regard has more than earned that peach. So Marlo, um, Drusadora, who I, I honestly think the only reason this woman has her job is because they needed to fill the slot. I mean, there's, there's just literally no other reason for her to be there. She made no real connection with anybody on the show and sort of the little fake fawning connection she tried to make it with Portia at the end was really, again, about having somebody to film with because she didn't connect with the other women on the show, specifically Candy, Cynthia, Marlowe. So... Which is so in addition to being boring, her being boring, and, and I don't mean boring because of no drama, I mean she's just boring. Um, you know, the storyline that she had, I mean, yes, she did have a storyline, but it actually it made her and her husband unlikable, and um, it, you know, it, it was there was just again, she's the right age, she's attractive, she is married and she has a family, she fits at least the age demographic that they have been trying to skew towards, which was the whole reason they brought her and LaToya Ali on the show. And they, they never made any secret of the fact that that's why they brought them on the show. So to be honest, to be honest, I would rather see Eva back on. I mean, if that's what you're like going her. for, I'd rather see Eva. I liked her. I liked her husband. I like the whole yeah. situation. And and I think that them giving grief because she was pregnant, well, if you're skewing towards a younger demographic, one, she fits the bill more than any of these other heifers because she's married. Yeah. I mean, unless we keep forgetting it's a housewives show. And two, and people and you know it's really funny because people get so offended when we bring that up or even when the characters say it to each other, you have women going, Oh, you guys are so, you know, you just want to be so male identified and you and throwing the husbands in the face or what it's not even about that. This is not run the world or sex in the city. This is the real housewives. I mean, house, you know, whatever, but being a wife is the premise of the freaking show. Don't give me some, you know, BS about it because ever so often if the women are throwing jabs at each other, they might mention that you don't have a man or whatever, whatever. That's what we're on the show about. So is a jab that's appropriate for this occasion. Any other time I will go with you on that whole, you know, women shouldn't use whether or not somebody has a man as some badge of honor to throw in somebody else's face when you're having an argument or whatever. I'm with you on that. Well, but, speaking of, um, speaking of, show, it, does, it, it makes sense. Speaking of um, housewives and men, I mean, Sheree is back with her new man. With Tyrone. got out of jail. Yes. <laughs> and apparently he got the COVID release. So, Word on the street is maybe he would have done more time, but he was he was on the white collar side of things anyway. Sheree's with a scammer. And I mean, it's appropriate. It's Atlanta. He was in Philly before that. So Philly, Atlanta, scammer, scammer, you know. Whatever. Somebody has to keep her in the chateau. Uh, and, well, we know who's keeping her in the chateau. Her mama, because it was in her mom's name. So, <laughs> <laughs> so and um, 
Sonia Richards Ross, which if I got her name right and I don't, I have it written, but it's on the other side of the room and I don't want to take off my headphones. Well, wait a minute. I will because I hate saying people's names. Hold on for a sec. Okay, well, screw it because what I thought I wrote it on. Oh, yeah, I do. I have it. Okay. All right. I was right. And Sonia Richards Ross, former Olympian who um, is no newbie at this. So that's a good thing in that there we don't have to, um, you know, either either you like her or you don't, but it won't be hinging upon that growing pains with someone not really getting it in terms of uh, what it means to put yourself in front of the cameras in a reality TV environment and, um, you know, just kind of how you're supposed to sell it. So with her, at least you don't have those growing pains. It'll just totally be about how she connects and interacts with these women. And because not only has she been on reality TV before, but she and her husband's show was their own show. So she knows uh, what to do. And was it you that uh, talked about that uh, really liked her and her husband and really liked their relationship? It was somebody I talked to about that, that really liked them. And the fact that the husband was very in love with her. And it's just a really nice situation there. So, you know, let's let's see how that all turns out. But uh, at least going into it, she's got good buzz because of the impression that she and her husband gave on their own show so um i guess we'll see uh candy you know what however people may feel about her and the whole like bone carrying thing or whatever um i think again that's just about knowing the assignment Mm -hmm. knowing what your job is in terms of keeping the show going but as far as drama really unless you do something to her personally, you don't have any. There's 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 no drama just for the sake of drama with her. Now, Kenya doesn't have any issue with being the antagonist. And, you know, that, that was Nini's role and now someone else is taking it over. That kind of keeps, if, if you're gonna have drama involved in the storyline, that's what keeps it going. Marlo, of course, is very happy to take on that role as well. Yeah. And I think that that's what Bravo is counting on her doing, especially now that she truly is a cast member as opposed to sort of being on the periphery, tossing in digs to get a moment, as they say. Um so I, I think it'll I think it'll be an interesting um, an interesting dynamic uh, to say the least. Uh, whether or not it'll be interesting enough as it relates to the ratings, I said it last season, and I'm going to continue to say it. I don't blame any one person for that. I think that with all and and I think that when you look at the ratings drop across the board. That tells the story. The fans of Nini or this one or that one can say all they want about, oh, it's because she's gone or because of that. This is nat- the natural attrition. When you start getting in the 13, 14 seasons or whatever, especially when you're still doing the same shit, 
what is it that you expect people to be watching? And also, because it's supposed to be a reality show, you have the element of a cer of certain women who were in or around your age range who started watching the show to kind of to watch women and and their interaction who were in or around their age range. Well, guess what? Everybody turned fifty, and you're still doing the same shit. In fact, you're you're not. It's not even just that you're not even acting like you're fifty. You're acting like a 25 year old who also is an asshole. But I also think in this age of COVID um, and even moving forward, the things where you had people going to different locales and interacting with different people and at parties and interacting with different people, it just reads different now and not in a good way. So that's going to be a struggle moving forward. Um, yeah, but but they've been losing ratings even since uh, since before yeah. COVID. So I so I agree with you that that may be a struggle, but it's a struggle that's not going to help. And I don't think that that's any one person's fault. I think that no, I think they aged out of their fan base, or more actually more accurately, their fan base outgrew them. Yeah, probably. Or we're just all numb to it all. I mean, it's just well, overexposure. Yes, but, well, it's over. But again, that's what I'm saying. It's overexposure to the same shit. You mm -hmm. want to see this? Do you do you want to see even your own friends doing, you know, arguing about the same stuff or or shall we say arguing in the same way and reacting to one another in the same way as they did 10 years ago? Uh, you you would kind of. If, if that was the case, you would, especially if it's toxic, it that would probably result in you limiting the amount of time that you were with them up to and including the point of your friendship not really existing or, or certainly not existing in the same way anymore. Right. So right. why would you want to watch it? And it's and, and then you also take the maturity aspect of it. And as black people in particular, when there's so many things that we have going on, it's kind of, I know people get all like in their underwear about respectability politics, call it what, what you want to call it. If something ain't a good look, it ain't a good look. And I don't give a damn who's looking. I agree. So, okay, so that is our gossip, and we still ended up going on an hour, but it doesn't matter because we're just going to keep going. Okay, everyone, that is a wrap on part one of this week's Bravo Gossip and Real Housewives of Salt Lake City episodes five, six, and seven. Come back for episode two, where we go in depth on episodes five, six, and seven of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. You know what happens when you get with me and Missy. We start giving you the Bravo gossip and it just tends to go. So I hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. Don't forget to follow us on social media particularly Twitter and Instagram at Let's Be Honest, JJ, that's L-E-T-S-B-E-H-O-N-E-S-T. You can also join in on the daily fun and interactive 
conversations over on the blog on Facebook at the Fashion and Drama Diaries. You can find the link in the information section for this podcast. We'd love to have you there joining in on the fun. You can also reach me via DM and email. So feel free to send me any good tea you got. As always, you know I'm going to investigate it. But for now, remember, if you're thinking about it and want to talk about it, chances are I'm thinking about it and want to talk about it with you. So let's be honest together. Don't forget to come back for part two, The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City.